podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 10 of the She Can, She Did podcast. We've officially hit double figures, which is very exciting, for me at least. So thank you so much for tuning in, as always. If this is the first episode you've listened to, firstly, you've picked a good one. Today's guest happens to be one of the first women I interviewed back in August 2017, when I first launched She Can, She Did. So the two of us have come full circle. And secondly, I suppose I should introduce myself. Hello, I'm Fee, and I'm the founder of She Can, She Did, which for the sake of the next hour or so means I'm the one asking the questions on this podcast. I first came across Rosie Davies-Smith when I was researching for She Can, She Did in an article written by Elle magazine, listing her as one of 23 women under the age of 30 bossing life. And after a quick peek at her company's website, the multi-award winning PR agency LFA, formerly known as the London Fashion Agency that Rosie launched in 2013 and has gone on to win numerous awards for its disruptive approach to the traditional PR agency model, the Mean Girls fan in me was instantly won over by her and her team's admission that despite being a PR agency, there are, I quote, no mean girls here. Since our first chat, however, Rosie's gone on to launch LFA's sister company, PR Dispatch, the PR membership platform for product-based businesses that enables them to do their own PR independently. She's expanded her team to a team of six, moved offices twice, upgrading each and every time, and in her personal life, got married to her now husband, Nick, who has been with her since the very start of LFA, so it's safe to say the two of us had a lot to catch up on. Embarrassingly for me, however, our catch-up took twice as long, because when we got to the end of our first conversation, I looked down and realised I hadn't pressed record good times. Not my finest moment, admittedly, girls, but you live and you learn and all that jazz. Thankfully for us all, though, Rosie's a pro, and over a much-needed glass of wine or two in her new office at the Ministry in London last fortnight, the two of us re-recorded the whole chat straight away, and as you were about to hear, she was just as inspiring the second time round. Right, I feel like I need to roll my shoulders. <laughs> We've got a wine. Um, We've got a wine. When we talk about low points, you've just you've just witnessed one of mine. I'm sorry for everyone listening. This is take two because I didn't press record. We just had a good hour chat and I did not record a single thing. It's alright. I love spending time with you. I can't remember. I was going to say, uh. I love spending time. With you. No, I do. I absolutely love spending time. Oh my time gosh! With you. At least we can like give the listeners a real good. We've like kind of done the chit chat. Now we mean business. It's coherent. Yeah, it might be good. a bit shorter this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like, get to the point, Rosie. <laughs> um, right. Oh god. Here we go. So. I met you two years ago. Yeah. Back in, you were one of my first women that I interviewed um, in the first two weeks of She Can, She Did. And in that two years, like we were just saying, you already feel like a completely different person. But I want to just set the scene with what your two businesses are all about. We'll go right back to the early days and come the whole hog. So go for it. Awesome. So... I'm Rosie. Hi. Um, (laughs) Hi, Rosie. Hello, Rosie. (laughs) Um, my two businesses are LFA and PR Dispatch. They're both PR businesses. LFA is a PR agency. We do PR 
for some amazing, amazing brands, including like Stella Bartlett, Matthew Calvin, The Hambledon. Very, very lucky to work with some great brands. And um, PR Dispatch is my second business. And that is a PR membership for £59 a month that gives brands everything they need to DIY their PR. Which I think you're nailing because pretty much every product-based business I follow on Instagram seems to be signed up to PR Yay! Dispatch. So it's clearly working. Um, Thanks, guys. <laughs> so, so many, um, there's, I mean, PR is such a huge industry. Yeah. And I think to stand out in PR nowadays, I mean, there's so much competition. So can you talk to me about where the idea, start from the beginning, like where the idea came from and how you got that business off the ground? Because I always say there's one thing thinking about launching a business, but it's a whole different story actually putting that into practice and doing it. Doing it. It was funny, I was actually reading back my um, She Can She Did interview earlier today and it reminded me of kind of all the like the nice little businesses I'd started before or tried to start before I started this. So like when I was eight, I tried to flog uh, teddy bear brownie outfits and tried to build a bridge from the Wirral to Wales to make it quicker to get to uh, our holiday home in Aberstock. But the, the real, the proper business started after I finished university. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like everyone, I'd just done a degree in textile design. And um, I actually realised pretty quickly that I wasn't a very good textile designer at all. And that I definitely wasn't going to pursue a career in it. So came out of my um, MA, which I did at Chelsea, with uh, 12 grand debt and a degree of something that I didn't want to pursue. And... I thought I've got to, I've got to stay in London. I can't can't go back up north. I'm from the Wirral originally, so just outside Liverpool. Went to university in Liverpool and then moved to London. I feel um, like the accent gives it away. The accent does give yeah. it away. It's softened. Yeah. I'll do my accent for you in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so I came out with all this kind of debt and obviously uh, rent to pay for in London. I thought I've got to keep myself here. I've got to keep myself here. So I worked as a cleaner, as a nanny. I taught textile design at a school. I ran a poker night. Um, I ran a quiz night at a pub. I did as many jobs as I possibly could that allowed me to intern because I thought if I can intern, I can get the experience and then I can hopefully do something amazing. Mm. Um, I remember really quickly, your dad wasn't happy about that though. He wanted you to be in a paid job, right? Yeah, although dad always said to me, because dad always said to me, you know, Ro, you're not very good at much at school just (laughs) because I was severely dyslexic. School just wasn't for me. And dad always said, you know, always run your own business you're gonna work for yourself you're gonna work for yourself you're gonna work for yourself and then you get to 21 you're like okay I'm gonna work for myself but what am I gonna do I don't I don't know anything I don't know any industries and then he was like get a job and I was like ah (laughs) so he basically he didn't like the concept of internships okay he didn't like the concept of working for free but I was like dad it's industry like he has a cleaning product business he's not getting anyone wanting to intern for him is he but (laughs) Very different when you want to work in fashion, lifestyle and PR. So, although I didn't know at this point I wanted to work in PR. So, I was doing all these kind of internships to just gain some experience recently. I think um, I was very naive. I was very sheltered. I didn't know that there were jobs like PR, like marketing. Like, I thought everyone was either a fashion designer or that was it. I didn't realise there were other jobs around that. So, I then started an internship with a knitwear brand called Lowy, um, who were based in um, South London. If you live in Crystal Palace or Herne Hill, you probably know them because their shops are there. And I started an internship there and she was like, what do you want to do? You know, do you want to design some prints? And I was like, mm, I can do, but that's not really what I want to do. And she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm really interested in business. So she was like, here we go. Gave me a pile of magazines and said, call up all these magazines and pitch on knit- knitwearing. 
so this was August, and I was like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit uh, early to be yeah. pitching. Organised. Yeah, it's a bit organised <laughs> to be pitching it while in. No, little did I know, that was two months too late. So, um, yeah, I started calling up all these magazines, and um, here's my scouser Saxon. I was like, I am calling from Lowy, and I've got some really colourful knitwear, like, uh, yeah, Merino and Cashmere, and... I'd love to send you a lookbook or some product or whatever, whatever. And um, you sound saying, like my godmum. Do I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's ghost. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Can you imagine if I was like, no, Manchester? You'd be like, <laughs> be like what? what? What is the matter yeah, with my house impressions? <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I'm surprised they understood me to be honest back then. But um, yeah, they. I think my emails work more than my phone calls, maybe. And um, yeah, they started to call in product. And a few weeks later, she started to get featured, which was amazing. And then it all clicked into place that this is how magazines find product to put on their pages. And I'm a really, I always said like I was a really basic, simple person and I, it just all clicked into place. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So to cut a very long story short, eventually I convinced her to pay me one day a week. And then she started to... Mm-mm-mm. Stop. How? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I mean, there's, there's going to be girls in their 20s or like early 20s, late teens that will be like, oh, I, how do I have that conversation? How do I have that conversation? I, I think I'd um, really proved my worth. Yeah. I was doing something that no one else that worked for, she only had one other person that worked for her, that that person wasn't doing. And I was adding value to her business. Mm. So I could see that when things were getting featured, I'd set up Google Analytics tracking for her. This was the early days. This was nine years ago, guys. So <laughs> we're talking real basic here. <laughs> but I could see that when she was featured in The Guardian, the traffic and sales would go through the roof. And I thought, I'm adding value to your business, so I'm going to charge you a day rate. And it wasn't a lot. It was, my clients heard me say this now, they'd be like, what? (laughs) It's about £60 a day, back in the day. And I thought, I'm I'm adding value to your business. So, you know, I'm going to put it out there. Otherwise, I'm not going to carry on working for free. And she was like, absolutely great, yeah, hired. So... She was my first client, if you like. And little did I know, I was falling into this PR thing. And she started to recommend me to other brands. And some of them wanted to use, as she called it, this northern girl that could sell to the press. <laughs> um, thanks, Bronwyn. And she, um, yeah, she started to recommend me to other brands that she knew, like great independent brands that also wanted PR. And I think the one thing I kept hearing was, well, firstly, PR was very expensive with an agency. So they're looking at like £3,000 upwards. And secondly, they didn't really understand what went into getting that coverage. The brands didn't. So they didn't see the return on the investment. They felt like PR agencies were maybe a bit secretive, that they couldn't really have an honest dialogue with them. There were lots of problems that kept coming up. And I thought, what if I start an agency that solves these problems so we're honest we put our prices online we're transparent with our process we have a really close relationship with our clients we don't have a shiny central london showroom and so five or six years ago it'll be nearly i started lfa i love that and i remember um i came across you it was when i was thinking about i want to launch a business so i'm going to google like young female founders and you you popped up in one of those glossy little articles i think you're 20 something women under the age of 30 bossing life and um yeah (laughs) but i remember like going through the women that featured in that article i went for lunch with one of them earlier um and you know and i came across you and i remember googling your website 
and just a thinking like you know how she'd done all of this at such a young age it's crazy but it really appealed to me because you wrote there's no mean girls here yeah. and I remember being the mean girls fan that I am um, <laughs> I remember that's always stuck with me Regina but Jones. yeah <laughs> but the fact that PR definitely has a reputation yeah. and you just turned it on its head and were definitely one of the first people to do that but it's one thing um freelancing for Loey mm. but actually starting you know how did you source the office all of that yeah. kind of thing like baby steps I, it was very 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 much baby steps I didn't have any savings any money behind me anyone who wanted to invest in me I just I always I'm a strong believer in this um that a PR agency is you don't need investment to start a service-based business mm. unless you've got like an app or events or something that mm. you need the funding for. Like I did not need any funding. So I started at home. I worked out of my bedroom for a very long time. Oh. I collected lots of creatures to keep me company. So I ended up with two cats, a dog, a hamster. Um, which is creating, well, my husband said it's an unsolicited creature collection problem. Which it definitely <laughs> is. But I was so lonely at home, so I just wanted like some company. Mm. So the cats, obviously, the cats weren't enough, so then I got the dog. It's mm. why I work for my parents, because <laughs> the dogs are there. I love your dog! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know, he's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Although I literally, I um, and now they've got a puppy as well. I, I don't know. Puppy as well. I just don't, I like it. It's, it's like having a baby. I like that he wakes up and I have to take him outside, and I'm like, oh my god, like. Get them How, on that yeah. grass before they yeah. get on that carpet. <laughs> exactly, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, cute. <laughs> but very cute. I know. I'm an infamous second dog. My husband's gonna kill me. <laughs> so I was at home and um, I kept cost. I kept overheads as low as possible. I still worked a few shifts in the pub. I still did babysitting. I um, taught a quite high profile rock star granddaughter textiles for her A levels, which brought in some all right money. I did things that earned me kind of the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time my my dad always said you know row like get some cash in so you want to be charging as much as possible per hour for as little work as possible which was which was what i needed at that time mm. like i still worked the pub for seven pound an hour but i needed like bigger yeah, yeah bigger hourly wages as well and i didn't have an experience any of this i literally blagged it all i remember i had a graphic design job that someone booked me for for through a friend Never done graphic design before in my life. Obviously, I had a textile degree, so I could use Photoshop. But I never used InDesign. Yeah. So the night before, I Googled how to use InDesign. Like, I think you've just got to be quite resourceful when you need to, like, eat and pay your bills. Mm-hmm. And you want to start a business and not have a full-time job alongside that. So I did that for a long time. And then eventually, I rented a desk from Bronwyn, uh, who's Lowy. And so, obviously, my first ever client, who's still actually there, still one of our brands with LFA today, which is really nice. And rented a desk from her. And then I rented two desks because I had someone come to work with me. And eventually three deaths, and then I kind of outgrew Bron. And we both had a bit of a sob the day that I left the office, and she said she was very proud of me, even though I was only going upstairs. <laughs> Literally moved upstairs. <laughs> um, then I rented our own office, and then we've moved again twice. So it was it was baby steps, and I, I always try and have quite like a, I don't have it at the moment, but like quite a big cash reserve mm. that if especially for VAT bills. But like if I need something I've got, I've got the cash to rely on. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, we built up cash slowly and then that kind of stayed in the bank-ish. I like, the, I really appreciate that you said that though, because I do think that there's a lot of people that they want to launch a business and they want to get to where you are right now, yeah. straight away. And I just think, no, it doesn't work like that at all. There's baby yeah. steps. There's so much hard work that goes into that. Yeah. So respect that process. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, there is. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. And I've never actually, like, I meet a lot of people that are quite like frustrated and unfulfilled, like mm. with where they are. And maybe again, because I am quite naive, 
I just, and I probably never thought I could like build something like this. Every step's been like, oh my God, I did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every step I've been like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I guess keep yourself excited, definitely. terms of obviously word of mouth got the initial clients mm -hmm. but I'm always interested in the kind of growth stage where you hit a roof of just working for you on your, your own yeah and now you've got what a team of six yeah and I, I said earlier in the first recording <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm in like such a weird stage at the moment which she kind of did where there's so many plans I want but I feel like my time is just my head everything I, I've reached a kind of I cannot do everything on my own that I want to do if this business is going to be the business I want it to be but at the same time I think about even like you know taking on one person I'm like ugh like that's a lot of responsibility I don't think I'm there yet what was the turning point when firstly you realised that and how did you approach the kind of recruitment in general and how has that evolved yeah so I um, I was terrified I'm not going to lie of taking someone on I'm very open about this now the team probably think I'm mental <laughs> um, but I was absolutely terrified like it's, it's a lot like no, it's not just their salary it's their salary plus HMRC contributions plus PAYE plus pension that you have to do now plus insurance plus their development plus you just it's just so much that you need to think about and at first it terrified me so I st actually started with hiring someone freelance three days a week which was good for me at the time and when I first posted off full-time role that's how Cecilia who still works for me today she's been with me years I do call her my boss because <laughs> she is my boss she keeps me in check I she started two days a week she started two days a week with me and that was great and very quickly she progressed to five days a week and a salaried full-time employee and then the same happened with the second and the same happened with the third and now we're at six and we're hiring again and that I think for me as a service-based business um, especially for LFA, not so much for PO Dispatch, but we need to have the work there for people to do. So mm. it's natural that jobs start as a freelance kind of role. And I, I always look for the same things in people. If they email us and they say, they normally actually find our jobs on Instagram, which is lovely, because mm. that means they follow us already. If they say to me, I saw your role post on Instagram, I followed you guys for ages, uh, love what you guys do, and we love Milo, who's the dog. I just know, you, you, yeah, you know yeah. us. Like you know that the the dog who's sitting next to me right now is quite miserable. <laughs> What's the matter? Oh, he's so cute. You don't need the toilet. No, not now. Later. <laughs> um, if they say that, then for me, it's like okay, yeah, they they know what we do and they like what we do. Mm. And, so actually every single person that we have hired isn't just because they said this. They all actually came through Instagram and they all said we love what you do. Or, mm. I'd love to be part of your team, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, that means a lot. And it says a lot as well yeah. about the kind of company and the values that you hold and what you're putting out there that, you know, that there's some company... I can see why people would want to work for you. Oh, thanks, Dee. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. I you <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's good. But in terms of um, Cecilia, when you had to that first hire, yeah. what did it feel like actually handing your baby over? Because, you know... I always think that there's a kind of a perfectionist trait in anyone that has their own business yeah. where it's it's their baby. So what did that feel like? At I'm not going to lie. At first, it's really difficult. Mm. Like even things like Instagram feed and I'm still a bit like, oh, I'd do it like this if I could. But 
You know, you've got to be realistic. Like the the founder or the director of a company can't be doing the Instagram feed. Like you've got to be realistic. So, and actually Cecilia shouldn't be doing. She's head of communications now. She shouldn't be doing the Instagram feed. So she's gonna to have to delegate that now down to someone. <laughs> Heard she, it here first. <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, sorry, Cecilia. Yeah. Um, but she, no, she even says to me, "I know what it was like when it was just me and you." Because I used to be like, "Loop me in that email, so I know it's done." CC me on that just so I know it's done. And now she's doing the same with the two people she manages. And she's like, I, I know what it feels like, which is actually really, really nice. But yeah, I just think, you know, there's you need to trust in someone, you need to believe in someone. So there's only so long that I could kind of, I don't hate micromanaging, I don't want to be a micromanager. So I very quickly like taught her things that, of ways I'd like stuff done. And then I kind of let her run with it. Um, like we had, when she first started, we probably had quite regular feedback. I think feedback is absolutely crucial. Don't pick on people like all the time and little things they do all the time. Like I, I have a list. Sounds really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list. Each employee. No, I don't. It's really creepy. And they know Stalker. this. <laughs> Stalker. Don't do this. No. I um, write down things that they did really well. Yeah. Maybe it was like an email that they sent. And I keep examples. And I'm like, this was bloody amazing. And there may be things that they could do differently. Like um, maybe you could do your organisation of your trailer boards a little bit. Uh, differently so it's more efficient so you don't forget stuff or maybe like the tone of voice in the email we could be a little bit friendly or a little bit more stern like so just uh, things that I pick up on that I then keep for the team and I asked Cecilia because she's like head of communications to feedback to me as well so yeah I think letting go of the reins is so hard but actually I relish in it yeah let let me let me go (laughs) no definitely and when I'm just thinking for people that obviously if your business is going to grow there's got to be a stage where the team grows as well as part of the parcel so how do you make sure your team are happy because obviously there is that no mean girl statement and I think that so many of the women that I interview I don't think it purposefully but they seem to attract female teams and I absolutely love my job I love working with women but I'm not naive to the fact that it can go sour um so What's your attitude and approach to making sure everyone's happy as well? Because um, it's a big job. Management, yeah. it comes with its... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I... I. So one thing I learned actually in the last... I say I said I'd um, evolved, if you like, a lot since we did our first She Can, She Did interview. And the one thing that I've really, really learned is getting the best out of people. So managing a team and like making sure that they are being developed it's not about it's not about me anymore like Mm. it's it's just not like it was my idea but they're the one that they're the ones that driving this business forward so the first thing that I really make sure is that when we do reviews which we do every three months it's two-way feedback it's not just me saying you could do this you could do this you could do this I'm like what would what would make you happier how do you find work-life balance Mm. it's by being kind to them on a weekly basis so like um like like if they do all their time sheets like they monitor their time every week they get beers on a Friday like nice incentives like we do um a quarterly day out like we just had it last Friday where we which should go on our Instagram highlights I hope um (laughs) where we do um like Cecilia get it on there um when we do like a team building activity so we actually did a scavenger hunt around London and split into two teams and like competed against each other and then went and had some food afterwards and it's just like these sorts of perks like the girls said they wanted to work well we had on the radio that people were working like half day Fridays and the the happiness that that brought to people Mm. so I said 
okay guys, do you want to work half day Fridays? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's work nine till six, Monday to Thursday, and then finish up one on a Friday. So just being flexible and like adapting where we can, I think is really, really important. Like we recently moved to the offices that we're in now, which is, it's called the ministry. It's like co-working. It's really, really really great and yeah it gives them like the opportunity to go go and use the gym at lunch for free yoga drinks um big like, step up from your first big, office oh my god yeah the first office yeah. yeah we came to my first office yeah <laughs> i remember just going through the doors being like how the f- where are you yeah people used to wee on the toilet floors that was not pr what was oh i thinking <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You've got to start somewhere though. Like that's what I love. And look at you now. I just I love it. (laughs) I I honestly, yeah, I just live for things like this. I'm like (laughs) this is where hard work gets. This is where hard work pays off. No, I do love the new office and actually I took a massive risk with this because it is so much more expensive. But also it's about state of mind. Like we moved into these nice like this nice office. We get to meet other like digital marketing agencies and like other other people in here that elevate our business as well, and like we have client meetings here, and it it looks impressive. It looks impressive and professional. Like yeah, we we know what we're doing, and actually, so that was actually one of the biggest best risks I ever ever took was moving to the fancy pants yeah, office. <laughs> but it is it is fancy pants, but it's also got to be in line with us. It's like exposed brick and a bit rough around the edges yeah, which is yeah. what I quite like it yeah, represents yeah. us but still very on trend it's very on trend <laughs> very on trend okay Let's go back to two years ago then. The interview ended last time with you saying, you know, you're hitting your 30s. You know that one day you'd want to be a mum, that you want... LFA was basically reaching a point where it couldn't get any bigger. And you knew that if you took any time off, that would impact the business. So talk to me about the kind of thought process that went into PR Dispatch, where the idea came from and what it involved setting up. Yeah, um, cuz running one business is hard <laughs> enough let alone deciding to you know launch a second I don't know what happened um <laughs> so LFA obviously our agency we love it it's great we work with some great brands but there's only so many brands that you can work with for example we have four jewelry brands on our books we take any more it's conflict of interest so there has there was a roof we could hit basically and God, my husband would love to hear you say I wanted to be a mum. <laughs> Is it that reality hits where, like, you've all your twenties, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll think about it when I'm thirty. Yeah, and then thirty like, hits, I'm like, not ready oh, yet. I'm not ready yeah, yet. Oh, my One God, of my best friends my... is literally in that right now. Living She's like, I'm not there life. yet. Yeah, not quite there yet. Thank God. Um, so I thought, great, you know, LFA's great, but. Although I can take I can take time off because Cecilia now runs out. I wouldn't want to leave Cecilia for that period of time. Mm. And I thought there's there's so many brands that we meet with great products like Vicky from Me Mail, like Yana from the Complete. I mean, talk about brands and nailing it. Yeah, brands that are absolutely love them, nailing it. Yes, that do not want to spend two thousand pound on PR a month. Mm. And I, oh my god, I wouldn't. Yeah. So. I completely get that. So I thought, what if we create kind of a platform where brands pay 
£59 a month membership and they get access to everything they need to do their own PR. And this is just product-based businesses, by the way. So we just focused on product-based businesses. So we give them contacts, we give them um, step-by-step advice, we give them recommended suppliers, we give them like photographers, stylists, etc., etc. We give them um, perks, we give them workshops, we give them access to a Facebook community group. They can ask us a question any day or night about emailing the press or actually just about anything. Like we get lots of like, hi guys, what do you think of this trade show? And actually lots of brands contribute and say, oh, mm. that trade show is awful or that trade show is amazing, go yeah. do that one. So yeah, we've got a great community of brands all doing their own PR. It's not been plain sailing at all. We're actually on our third version of PR Dispatch now. Mm-hmm. Um, totally honest, I didn't get it right the first two times. Like I didn't get the platform right, I didn't get what how I was providing the content. So for example, now they get 20 press contacts every three months mm-hmm. and that keeps our brands going for three months and that's enough to contact. So they get the stylist, the telegraph, the times, blah, blah, blah. and actually in the beginning, we only gave them three a month and it's not enough. It's not enough to keep them excited and it's not enough to keep them going. So we, we had to completely reformat everything, rebuild the whole platform, relaunch the whole platform. And actually it's been a thousand times better now. My What inspired that change? Listening to them. Like mm. we, you know. Which is so, it's an obvious one, but it can be so easily overlooked sometimes. It's, and it's like, oh no, you should check in. It's like, a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, what, what, sometimes I'm like, what was I thinking? Like we're trying, we, we made changes twice before and it's not what they wanted like so in the end like I did a focus group we got them in we asked them like what would they like and now we say our platform is built by you mm. so our members build our platform they tell us what <laughs> so the pressure's off basically if you don't like it yeah. <laughs> you did it yeah, yeah. I mean, it was your decision guys <laughs> for anyone who's listening who is a member there's probably quite a few of you like it's your decision yeah. but like we have like a regional press area so we separate it by like southeast, southwest, and, yep. and obviously, can you imagine trying to put every local magazine and newspaper in there? I, it would take me, what well, take Martha or Jasmine, weeks, years. Yeah, yeah. So we say, tell us where you live. Tell us where you live. We'll put it in. And now they're building that section themselves. Mm. So we had someone get in touch the other day and say, I'm in Scotland. Can you have some Scottish or Edinburgh-based publications in? Of course. Yeah, fine. So yeah, the platform is built by them so Martha and I so Martha works full time for PR Dispatch she is um, the only full time employee it's a completely separate limited company she is the, the only full time employee of PR Dispatch and then Jasmine who works for LFA feeds into the platform mm-hmm. so those two kind of collaborate together and Martha and I try and sit down once a week and talk through what, what the members have said so what they're excited about what they want more of what I don't know, they never really want less of anything, which is probably quite good. But yeah, so it's built It's built by them. But it took me a long time to get to that. But I love that you can say that now because it would be, I think it says a lot about you, that you've had a business for five years. It'd be very easy to kind of just brush that under the carpet. But you're still open to the fact that, yeah, you didn't get it right. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going to launch a business, you never nail it straight away. I think even like... A- Fully, fully want to start the third business at some point. <laughs> I'll mess that up twice as well yeah, until yeah. we get to the right version. Yeah. Maybe three times, who knows? This podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Let's talk challenges. Yeah. You kind of mentioned the management and all of that like it comes with its challenges but what 
over the past five years has been the biggest challenge that you've had to face as a business owner? I think I, I used to get kind of really stressed about the little things and actually what I've learned is there's nothing that you can't solve. Like, there's nothing to lose sleep over. Like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Mm. Someone's going to sue us? Let them sue us. Like, yeah, we've, got, yeah. we've got insurance. Like, we've been threatened to be sued before by an influencer. Like, let it happen. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. What I find the biggest challenge is actually outside of the business, and that is um, being present for maybe family and friends. I think when you are the founder of a business or two businesses, it's it's all consuming. It's on my brain all the time. And I have quite an active mind where I'm always thinking about my to-do list and or just ideas and stuff. And I find it very hard to have conversations with people uh, on maybe a, a deep level that maybe don't do this, which is so bad because I can't just have friends that run businesses. I go mad. But um, yeah, I find that really, really difficult. And one of my closest friends has, was actually, well, he still is, one of my clients at LFA. Um, his name's Matthew Calvin. He has a jewellery brand. He came to me not knowing me, and actually he's become one of my closest, closest friends because he does the same thing. Mm. Well, he runs a business as well, and it's so nice to just sit with someone and be like... They get it. Yeah, and every, that's worth every payday we text each other. And what, what it's like, who can get there first? Worst day of the month. <laughs> Worst day of the month. Worst day of the month. And yeah. uh, not just because you lose so much money on payday. <laughs> Your bank account halves or is empty by the end, which is fine because obviously the staff are totally worth it. But it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just nice to have like that person to bounce off. But yeah, I find going to social events. I'm actually a real introvert, so like my husband's has loads of friends, so going out with them, and he has this saying like it's um, be be bold, be bright, be gone, which you've yeah. heard so many times now. No, no, no. <laughs> I just I always remember it though because it like resonates a lot. It's your disappearing act, it's my isn't disappearing it? Act. And I just think like when you run a business, I think people think because I can host an event and stuff that I must be this way like in your yeah. face, and I just think no, I. I'm so selective over where I spend my time and who I spend it with because it's just so draining. You don't want to be around anyone that just sucks out of you because there's a little pot of energy left. Yeah, and you want people that are going to like bring it up, bring it up, and be easy to talk to, or just or just let you be like and just be like neutral and just kind of there's no. I just love that. (laughs) I think I learned that actually. It's so true. Learned that so early on Mm. that you're right. The pot of energy at the end is minimal, and Nick's really, my husband's really, really good. Because if I don't want to go to something, I just won't. Or mm. I'll go for an hour and I'll be gone. Yeah. And he's so good with that because most people are like, oh, she's so bloody rude. And actually his friends have started to learn as well that like, there for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the most of it. Make the most of it because <laughs> yeah. in 30 minutes yeah. I'm going to be <laughs> at the door. Yeah. But I feel like Nick met you at early days of this LFA, right? He was the one that came up with the company name. Oh my God, I love that. But he that's is. the thing, he knew what he was getting himself in for. <laughs> yeah, <but> so... <laughs> He like, must be so that sick of yeah. people talking about the business <laughs> or businesses. But yeah, he's very sportive, I have to say. But I do think, going back to, you know, that challenge, I think it's something that a lot of women that I've interviewed do struggle with. Yeah. But also I do think as well, looking... I, I was going to say outside of looking in, but I feel like I'm one of them. But, like, it's something that I don't think we should be a, that ashamed of. No. I think there's a difference between being selective over where you spend your time. I know we in the, the last recording we spoke about that aspect of being present though yeah. and that is something where like if you are going to spend your time you need to make sure that at least try and give them something back yeah 
the good, I'm, the good ones. I'm quite. Um, I'm just about this before. I'm quite good friends with Charlotte Pierce, who's on one of the previous podcasts, and she she speaks about this all the time with me with people that being present is something that's really really important something that she struggled with for so long because Mm -hmm. her mind works very much like mine like a thousand miles an hour all the time and it's very hard to like sit and be still and like listen not like listen to someone but just be in that conversation not be thinking oh I could do this or oh I need to have that from a trailer oh I could do this and it's something that yeah I think that I really need to work on and I know I don't see maybe friends and family enough um, but when I do, I'm really, really trying to be present. Mm. As you have got more successful, have you seen any relationships swing either way? As in, well, I, I guess for the negative. Do you know what? I've been really lucky that everyone has actually been so kind and so supportive. Almost it's 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 not detrimental to me because it's not, but like... I almost feel embarrassed because people are like, oh, you're doing so well. Mm. Um, and things like if I, like I was featured on International Women's Day and I said to people on the Telegraph or Independent, I really should have checked which one it was. I think it was the Independent. A good um, newspaper. I'm good really in- grateful if it was yeah. the Independent. If it wasn't the Independent. I'm sorry. I'm really grateful for the Telegraph. But it was one of the two. I think it was the Independent. Um, a big newspaper. A big newspaper, one or the other. And they featured me on International Wednesday, and I was actually embarrassed to share it. Like mm. I, I don't want to bore people, and I don't want to seem like I'm like, look at me. Yeah, yeah. I was in this, or I did this, and they, the, the paper actually asked me to share it on my social, and I still haven't mainly because I just feel a bit like, and it's not imposter syndrome, because I was like, great, yeah, great. Yeah, okay, we've done all right. I probably we probably deserve that. But I was just like, oh, mm. I just don't want to bore people with like these businesses all the time because yeah, yeah. that is all I am. And mm. sometimes I feel like that. I am I am LFA, I am PR Dispatch, and I am nothing else, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a bit boring. It's such a, it, I think. it's such a weird one though, because again, last recording. Um but we'll be saying like I keep my my personal account private because I sometimes feel like there's this whole pressure on you to be uh, in inverted commas. It's like the the classic girl boss, and yeah. nowadays we're supposed to really be forthright about what we're achieving. And this is me, and I've done this, and I've done that. And don't get me wrong, there's a time and a place where that's going to get you forward. That will get you through yeah. the doors, and you have to back yourself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then I personally think that not everyone needs to know what you're up to all the time, and there's yeah. there is something genuinely quite nice about being humble sometimes I just I just just take it on the chin I just try and like yeah take it on the chin or if I if I do post something or I do need to post something I literally make a joke I like I make a joke of it because I'm almost and that's probably why I haven't posted that because I don't know what to make a joke of it about but (laughs) like um I was lucky enough to be asked to be on the um the apprentice in December which was amazing. It was an amazing experience. As um, I mean, that's big. I, mean, sorry, I remember that popping up on my Instagram feed, being like, "Holy crap!" Like that's that's ah, big. That was that's I cool. was like, "What?" Yeah. And I thought I thought it was fraud. I, I, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, yeah. And like, um, who's having me on? Yeah, literally, like Martha. Like literally, someone someone's yeah, taking yeah. the piss. Like my brother always rings the landline and like <laughs> tries to have us on. But I actually thought someone was taking the piss until they made me sign a non-disclosure, and then they were like, "Yeah, you're gonna be filming on Saturday," and I was like. Like, what? There's a week before my wedding. I missed what a wedding hair appointment, but that's another story. Um, that's what you've got to give <laughs> Sacrifices. up. Sacrifices. Sacrifice. 
And it, like, it aired in June. Oh, no, sorry, it didn't air in June. It filmed in June, aired in December. And for, for hours, I was like, I've got to put, like, I've got one opportunity, like, I'm never going to be asked back again. Like, I've just got one opportunity to, like, make the most out of this. And, like, PR's all about only a certain number of people see that article or see that TV show or see whatever that mm -hmm. PR was. It's about reaching a wider audience, so that's where it comes into you sharing it with your audience, which is what makes me cringe. And I, for hours, I was like, oh, no, that's a horrible caption. That's a horrible caption. It's a horrible caption. So in the end, I just screenshotted um, all my moody faces. I was on like, the final judging panel at City Hall where they were pitching, so I just screenshotted all my moody faces on the TV, and I put, how many moody faces can one person pull within yeah. three and a half minutes? Like, <laughs> hashtag five, min five minutes or five seconds of fame. Yeah. Like, I just took the piss out of myself. Yeah. I was like, this is embarrassing enough. But to so. me, that's such an endearing and it's a quality that I love in any female founder that I meet when they, they don't take themselves yeah, too seriously. Like, yeah. I'm ambition, confidence, I love, I'm a respect, but also take it with a pinch of salt yeah, and yeah, laugh yeah. at yourself because if you can't like oh my god like exactly exactly no. you could lose everything tomorrow it, it, yeah no, again, it's just so. yeah it's um <laughs> no it's good what about i hate to be morbid but i'm still going to keep pushing for the challenges worst day on the job because the reality is that there's challenges, you know, like like you said, giving time to family and friends, that's, it's ongoing. Yeah. But there's also days that are always going to test you more than others. So looking back over the past five years, have you got a day that stands out that yeah. was particularly dodgy? Particularly <laughs> dodgy. Um, you know, I could say, like, days we lost big accounts or days like the whole PR dispatch platform went down but actually I think all these things can be again back to my everything can be fixed mm -hmm. I believe everything can be fixed um so I'm gonna say like the saddest day for me was last June three weeks before I got buried and I'd kind of um we had a very DIY DIY wedding uh, DIY chic <laughs> like don't knock it <laughs> People yeah. think that you could just got like, I don't know, just <laughs> dodgy wedding, like yeah. DIY, so but done really well. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a lot, but great, but great. Yeah. I loved every minute of it. And it was uh, three weeks before and um, one of my longest employees uh, came to me and handed in a notice. And at that point, we're only a team of three. And it's because she got this amazing job, amazing opportunity. She wants to be a writer. Obviously, she's working PR. And she'd been offered this amazing job. And I totally, totally got it. And I was so supportive. And she was sitting in front of me sobbing. And I was like, it's absolutely fine. Alert. And she was very close to Cecilia, who she'd been with me a long time. So obviously, I was terrified about telling Cecilia. Yeah. Um, and actually, Cecilia was great. She took it fine. But I remember thinking, holy shit, like, I'm getting married in three weeks. We're only, we're only team of three at that point when I was six. So, and I thought, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? And I remember going home to Nick and, like, I, obviously I sobbed. And I was sobbed because I was sad she was leaving. But I also sobbed because I was like, I can't replace her in that short amount of time. I Yeah, because recruiting isn't something you want to rush. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure we were hiring the right person. Mm. And I was like, I just don't know what to do. And um, in the end... Uh, I spoke to Cecilia about it and I actually um, I actually said to Cecilia, I'm going to pay you to do my job. I'm going to pay you to be me um, just because I'm going to take these three weeks off or four weeks, I think it was in the end, and 
I want you to feel like you're being rewarded for it because there's going to be a lot on your plate. And she was like, great, yeah, fine. She was amazing. She did it so easily. And then I hired someone that I've worked with us part-time for years for the summer because she was in her university summer. So Tasha came on board and covered for the summer and she, she took to the took to the role like a duck to water. Is that the right? I've got Nailed it, it. Nailed it. Yes. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, you're coming out with all sorts. All sorts, all sorts before. It's probably be- yeah. better than we recorded yeah. this. And Tasha kind of took over. And yeah, I just, I remember feeling that sadness which is really silly, like employees are gonna leave and come and go, but she had been, or she still is actually, such an integral part of mm. our growth. And I, yeah, it, that was, I think, my biggest I, challenging day. Hugely, and I can definitely put myself into your shoes there and, and I can see that it's that element of wanting them to do well. You can see it all, but it's that personal, like, oh, like yeah. it's just, it, yeah, I can imagine that being really, really hard. It was very sad. But there's a moral of the story, and you nailed it. You you hired and... Hired. The girls yeah. raised their game. and the, Yeah, so Tasha came on, and then, then we replaced Tasha with Cam, and then we've had Jasmine, and you know what? It's worked out perfectly, mm. so... I feel like every time I meet one of the girls that work for you, they're always... They're just such a good... They're great. Oh, God, they're insane. Yeah, they're really so great. amazing. Not insane, was Martha crazy. the t- top draw? Martha was a top yeah, draw. Yeah, yeah, And yes. then Jasmine just now. Yeah, Jasmine yeah. just now. Yeah. And Celia's my boss. She keeps me in check. Yeah. Kamala's amazing. Yeah, they're just, oh, I can't, honestly, I'm so lucky. I'm so, so lucky. They're so, so great. Has anything taken you by surprise? About um, about this whole journey that is running a business. Um, yeah, that <laughs> more people don't want to sign up to PR Dispatch. Yeah. I'm not even joking. No, I'm dead yeah, serious. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> I genuinely, I remember you describing the idea yeah. and being like, oh, that, that's got legs. And then like... Um, <laughs> That makes me sound like some business guru. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's me two weeks in Chicago and be like... That's got legs. Yeah. I, I thought the same. Yeah, but it just made sense. And, like, and now seeing the brands that I follow and love, obviously signing up for it, it just, everything seems to be working. I don't know why there's not more people. I, I, I have a lot of product-based businesses. I feel like they need to just check. Calling all product-based businesses. Yeah, <laughs> shout out. Shout out. No, honestly, I... From doing this for so long, and I'm not just saying it because it's our business, like, Mm. it's so beneficial to the members that sign up. And I thought when we launched it, this is going to take off. Yeah. And I know we we had issues with the platform and we sorted it all out, we remodeled it all. And now it's the value, our churn rate is so, 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 so low. We lose so many, no, sorry, we lose so So few. few, (laughs) I was going to say, trying to sell it here, Rosie. Not many. (laughs) So few members, once they join us, they stick with us. Yeah. Because of the value they get. And I, do you know what? I, I put it down to, and I do a lot of talks and workshops on PR, and I put it down to two things. One, people don't have the confidence. Mm. And we ask people why, what their issues are with PR. Confidence, but we help you with all that. And the other thing is budget. And it's £59 a month. And I know as a small business, like a £59 a month mm. outlay can seem quite steep. But compared to what you'd be paying for a PR agency, which you'd be paying probably two grand a month, it's totally worth the investment. Yeah, hugely. So I think it's definitely getting, I'm not saying it's not getting there, it's it's washing its face. No. Oh, no. no. Okay, it's doing something. <laughs> it's covering its costs. 
Definitely. It, oh, I don't know. What's that was face? Is that the phrase? Oh, okay, I haven't heard of that. Is that, is that an, before is that, scratching the edge. No, you said um, shaving the edge. Shaving the edge. <laughs> and you were meant scratching the surface. Scratching the surface, <laughs> shaving the edge. Yeah. There's some weird things going oh, so what, it. What's the phrase? Washing? It's washing its face. Washing its face. So oh, it's okay. Like, I'll take my hat off. I was wrong. What's it? it? No. Ooh. No, I've just done the wrong phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I put my hands up. Oh, my God. What's I take it? my hat off. I take my hat off. Oh, Please, my God. Too many write, phrases. Write down some phrases. Yeah. Um, it's... Washing it's, my face. It's washing its face. It's covering its costs. Mm. Um, and more, actually. It's not. It's a profitable business. But I just... I thought that people would jump mm. on it. And actually, the... the the, the convincing that goes into sign, getting people to sign up is a lot more than I thought it would be. It's so funny because I've got um, I'm trying to get investment for another idea that's a platform for she can she did and it's so funny because hearing you say that it's just a reality check isn't it because I believe in the idea so much that I think everyone's going to go for it and it's yeah. that kind of like oh shit what if they don't yeah and then you have to like really yeah, yeah, yeah. then oh I'll be God. signing up a PR dispatch being like I need to get some press yeah oh dear don't worry we'll get there one day I believe it yeah no definitely and um, what have you learned about yourself since launching this um that as a businesswoman but also personally as well I know the two are very interlinked as a businesswoman, um, that I I've never call myself a businesswoman. Um, that I um, I'm not afraid to have difficult conversations. Mm. Um, I love that. That's good. I think you have to have them ev- running a business, managing a team, mm. working with clients, working with suppliers, working with all sorts. You have to have difficult conversations every single day. And I think to be a good businesswoman, man, anyone, to be a good business person, you you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable like you yeah. have to have those difficult conversations and I've had plenty with team with people with everyone um has that is that now though five years in or have you always been like that I think I've always been comfortable ish with having them mm. but now it's just part of day day to day life like there's gonna be stuff that crops up like like our pricing will change and I had to put all our prices up for all our brands and you know, you've worked with brands for years and you're like, right, you're going to have to pay pay more now. And it's it's not a comfortable conversation to ever yeah. have, but it's one that's necessary. Yeah. Like things that maybe the team do wrong or, or disciplining or like stuff like that. You just have to be able to say that that was wrong. Don't, don't do it again. Yeah, we'll yeah. do better. And I'm saying this because I care about you as a team member. So yeah, definitely that. And then personally, um, I think... I have maybe morphed into a very um, independent person that doesn't need much of any love or affection. That sounds horrible. um, (laughs) Poor Nick. (laughs) Yeah, poor Nick. I'm sorry, Nick. Um, My mum always said growing up that I was um, like a cardboard box. I was never really, I'm like a really caring, warm person. Mm. I think hopefully people can say that about me. Yeah, you can tell that. But I don't need to be loved. Yeah all the time like mm. I don't need to be reassured I'm very 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 independent I don't and I think sometimes that's probably I don't know I think probably people in my life that's probably quite challenging because I'm just like yeah that's fine yep yeah, don't need that mm. I don't get sad very often I don't feel down I just get on with shit yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah I think I've learned that about and I think the business has made me um, very thick skinned which I think is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. And I always say, like, I think 
if there's one piece of advice that I'd give to anyone that's looking to launch a business, it's to be able to be okay with yourself, have that good relationship with yeah. yourself where you can stand on your own two feet. And if something does go wrong, you're the first person to back yourself and yeah. be like, yes, you can have wobbles, don't get me wrong. And, and you know, doubt, doubt on a kind of, I guess... Um, what's it called like superficial superficial, but then actually when it comes down to it be able to say actually no you've got this and I think I think you need I think you need to be able to do that because every day is an up and down Mm. but you can't go home worrying about it like it just it will consume you so very self-confident and very like you don't need anyone else to fix your problems yeah and when you do go home and when you know you've said that work is like a it's always on your mind a bit but what does um, self-care in that kind of downtime look like because I've spied many an amazing sailing trip I love like, sailing oh my god you guys look like you properly <laughs> I feel like it's like an actual expedition it is. I'm like what are you about to discover yeah Nick loves our honeymoon was us beating the waves of the I don't even know what sea we're in Indian Sea and surviving um no I I'd love to say I go to the gym a lot but I haven't been since before we got married. Um, <laughs> but I do like I do like um, meditation. Mm-hmm. I do like a good stretch, good yoga stretch. I think it's really good. Yeah. And you know what? I take. I'm not gonna lie. I take regular holidays. Mm. So this year I've been. Uh, we went sailing in Jan. I went to New York. New York on a work trip, ish. Work ish. <laughs> Inverted commas. Right. One meeting. <laughs> Rent the client and we had a great time. I didn't expense it just in case HMRC are listening. I did not expense <laughs> it. Um, and then we, yeah, I just got back from skiing. And I think I do love sailing. It really does, um, as long as it's hot and not raining. And yeah, I think holidays, I think holidays and breaks are important. I used mm. to beat myself up about going on holiday all the time, but actually I come back a much better person and a much better kind of strategy person if I've been away and I've got a full book of notes. Yeah. And I always do check in. Like last week I was skiing and I checked in like every single day to check the girls were fine they were. But yeah, I think you need to give yourself a break. Yeah. Definitely. Rounding up then. Yeah. You know the drill. Um, (laughs) I'll say a statement, you finish it, okay? Okay. So, number one, being my own boss means? That my job is to develop and encourage others. Strong. They're going to be quick, these. Quick fire. Quick fire. fire. Not not because I want to go home. I'm really nervous, I can do this again. (laughs) Someone wants a dinner. Um, (laughs) When it's not quite going to plan, my advice would be to? Uh, Take a deep breath. And think, what is the worst that's going to happen? We have, well, we used to have written on a wall. We don't have a wall anymore because now we're in co-working. But it's PR, not ER. Like, literally, unless you're saving lives, take a deep breath. Mm. What's the worst that's going to happen? Honest to God, you said that in the first interview when I met you. And I remember... um, because I used to transcribe them, didn't I, and type yeah. them back up. And I remember, like, you, you started laughing in the interview and, and I was... I was like, ha, ah, but not knowing what you'd said. And then I listened to it back when I was transcribing. I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's, that's why she was laughing. That's my accent. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's good. Um, if I could go back to day one. Oh, no, hang on. Have we just done that one? No, we No, not. if I could go back to day one of my business, I'd tell myself. Really important. Your dyslexia will never hold you back from running a business. Absolutely. Because everyone will tell you that you can't, and especially if you're dyslexic. You can't do many things, but you can definitely run a business. Look at Richard Branson. Preach to that.
If I had to describe myself as a businesswoman, I'd say that... I'm firm but fair. Yeah. Yeah. Very lastly, dum dum dum, I want my legacy to be that. I don't think it'd just be my legacy. So alongside a team of great people, we changed the way that people perceived PR forever. Love that. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. And it recorded. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we can go home. <laughs> Thank you for listening to She Can, She Did. If you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it. You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can, She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important G&Ts in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there.